Welcome back, listeners, to the Real Japan podcast. I am one of your hosts, Kenzo. And I am Ferg. And as usual, we will have the latest and greatest headlines from Japan and coronavirus roundup. Yes, sir. Which we've been doing every week because that's a big news item. Yes. We can't totally ignore it. But at the same time, we... um. Uh, yeah, I think it's good that we sort of give our listeners a quick review of some of the major stories connected with coronavirus here in Japan. Yeah, although um, things have definitely taken a turn for the better. Yes, it certainly seems that way, doesn't it? Yeah, which is nice. Mm. But uh, before we get into that, I guess we'll uh, just do a quick recap on what we've been up to for the past week. So what have you been doing? No real news to report this week. I've been self-isolating up in the mountains, although that's not too much different from my usual lifestyle. Yeah, you're always self-isolating, man. <laughs> yes, sir. I mean, we were just talking just before we hit the record button, and I'm in serious need of a haircut now. It's been a few months. What do you think? Do you think, as we'll come on to in our coronavirus roundup, you know, the state of emergency has been lifted across Japan. Do you think it's safe to go for a haircut now? Or is it, would it be better to put it off for, for another few weeks? Uh, well, I think as far as you're concerned, mm. it, you're, you're fine. Because you're out, you're out, in, uh, yeah. out in the boonies. Out in the boonies. So, yeah, because um, there weren't too many mm. cases where you are to begin with, right? No, about 77 like total in Nagano Prefecture. Yep. Wow. Yeah. So you're you're good to go, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's it just feels a bit like a haircut is something that is quite you know you've got someone sort of leaning over you and like touching your hair. It's quite. It feels like if it was going to spread somehow, it could be a potential route of infection, doesn't it? Yeah. There was an article on. Uh... A news item out of... Mm. I forget where it was. It was somewhere in the south in the U.S. Mm. And, uh, yeah, a a hairdresser Mm. had the corona, the COVID. Yep. And, yeah, um, infected, like, a lot of people. It was, like, 40 or 50 people. Yeah, see, that's what I'm worried about. Yeah. Uh, Well, well, granted, I don't know if necessarily they were infected but came into close contact with 40 or 50 people mm, so yeah yeah you're you're definitely right that um yes yeah, like salons and and hairdressers and yeah it, yeah this just the the proximity is is an issue mm, yeah. Mm. Mm. yeah but yeah that's that's been on my mind lately i'm wondering when i should go for a haircut yeah, because we're um, zoo- zooming, skyping mm. right now, mm. and yeah, you definitely need a haircut. Man. <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. Yeah. What about you? How's your week been? Um, I think yeah, yeah, haven't gone out. Mm. Just been chilling at home, working, Very working from home. Responsible. Yeah, yeah. Um, got got my my Uber Eats. Oh, did you? Yeah, yeah. Did you do a kind of contactless delivery? Or yeah, yeah. I, I, really? I told them to leave it by the door. 
Oh, that's good, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was. It was yeah, it was cool because it's like I hit some buttons on my phone and then food magically appears at my door. Yes, sir. Yeah, it's amazing. The wonders of the modern age. Yeah, what a time to be alive. What food did you get, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, breakfast McDonald's. Oh, that's quite that's quite a good yeah, shout, yeah. though. <laughs> I do like breakfast McDonald's. I mean, it's no different in, in Japan to anywhere else, I don't think, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's the same, yeah. Mm, mm. Um, although, although, I don't know, in the UK, do they do all-day breakfast? That's a good question. I'm not sure, to be honest. I can't remember. Because they started that in the U.S. Mm. A, a number of years ago. Mm. Maybe, maybe five years ago. Yeah, they started doing all-day breakfast. And I, yeah. I wish they would do that over here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's good, isn't it? Yeah, I wish they would yeah. do that too. Yeah, I don't know if I ever... I think I told you the story when we were drinking one time. Mm. But um, they're, they're very anal about their cutoff time, which is 10.30. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I went to McDonald's once. Yeah. I was out drinking all night. Yeah. And and I get back to my the, my station. Yep. My train station, the nearest one. I get back at like uh, like 10.20. Okay, yep. Right? Yeah. So, so I'm like, oh, I, I, can, I can eat breakfast McDonald's before I pass out on the couch. <laughs> yeah. So, so I, I, I briskly walk over to the mcdonald's and i get yeah. in line at mm-hmm. it's probably 10 25 mm. and I, I was sure to check my watch i was like okay i, I made it mm-hmm. and there were two or three people in line in front of me mm. and the person right in front of me was he was like one of those guys that takes forever to figure oh, out oh no so, and you're so, so I, yeah so i'm just standing there itching, like, but when, but mm. But my impression was, if I was in line mm. Mm. When, during breakfast menu time, then I'm, I'm okay. Yeah. So I was a bit annoyed. I was like, hurry up, man. I'm hungry. Mm. But I didn't think it was a big deal. Mm. So he finishes ordering, and the clock ticks 10.30. Yep. Or 10.31 or whatever it was. Yeah. And I, because the menu, they have like three LCDs mm. up there on for the menu and, I, and the menu switches over oh dear and what happened and and i i asked i i was like um can i still get breakfast mm. and they're like no damn that's harsh isn't it and so i was like um okay yeah <laughs> and then i left did you not order a real, or not a real McDonald's, but you know, off the regular menu? No, I wanted breakfast. I went yeah. there for breakfast. It's not the same, is it? Yeah, and then they, like it's ten thirty in the morning. Yeah. I don't want a Big Mac. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I was, yeah, I was pretty. Dumb. So I sent them an angry mm. email. <laughs> you know, I'm laughing because uh, I was thinking I'm going to tell my. Story of grievance with a McDonald's in Japan as well. Okay. And it ended in the same way, me sending an angry email to... Oh, you did? Yeah, you sent an angry email. Nice. Yeah. So the McDonald's, this was when I lived in Tokyo and there was a McDonald's near the train station. And this McDonald's was advertised as 24 hours, you know, like they had all the signs and things. Mm. But I don't know what it was. I think it was just, you know, whoever the manager or owner of that particular franchise was. Um, 
they about 50% of the time I would say it would just be closed at night and really? it, every single time they'd just be like a little notice uh, stuck on it that was like oh due to I don't know some random excuse like uh, cleaning so, so basically or reforms. It was bullshit. Exactly. Basically, it was bullshit. I think for some reason they had to technically run it as a 24 hour McDonald's, but for whatever reason they didn't want to or it wasn't sustainable to do so. Yeah, it's probably similar to, um, mm. there was probably something in their franchise agreement, right? Yeah. Like we were talking about the convenience stores last week Ex- and that whole exactly. fiasco. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and it worked both ways as well because it would mean after a night out, I would get the, you know, one of the last trains back, think, oh, yeah, I'm going to get a cheeky burger on my way home. That will be great. Yeah. And it's it's closed already. And getting up early in the morning, you know, heading out somewhere like you, wanting a, a nice breakfast meal. And, uh, yeah, it would be closed. So then I'd be I'd be going to work or something on an empty stomach. It so this was like a regular time. thing. Very regular. It, it would be closed. Oh, yeah, very regular. Mm. Yeah. Um, so you sent the email. Did uh, did anything change after that? Oh, they did reply, uh, but nothing changed. I can't oh, remember what they okay. said. I think when they replied, they said, like, there may be occasions due to irregular circumstances or something when stores close. Some Well, uh, yeah, presumably they probably mean, like, if the deep fryer breaks. Yeah, exactly, like. exactly. Yeah. I can understand that, but if it's, like, regularly closed, then, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that used to annoy me so much. Mm. I wonder if it's changed now. I'll name and shame. It was the McDonald's at Nippori Branch in Tokyo. Uh, okay, at so, Nippori Station. Uh, mm. we, we, should, we, should go, we should go check it out. Yeah, late at night. But we have to make multiple visits because if we go once and it's open, that doesn't necessarily mean it's open all the time. Right. Although if we go once and it's closed, then we, then we know. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, but uh, oh well. Now we've with, got the uh, important things out of the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now that that's out of the way, I guess we'll move on to Ferg's coronavirus roundup. Yes, sir. So when I checked earlier today, there were sixteen thousand seven hundred and four reported cases of coronavirus in Japan, including eight hundred and sixty-three deaths which seems like a slightly high death rate, about 5% maybe, but overall, number of cases or reported cases, at least in Japan, as we know, appears to be very low compared to other developed countries, particularly in uh, Europe and America. Well, if the number of overall cases is... Mm. Because it's probably underreported, so that, yeah. would, that would up the death rate as i mean as far as the numbers are concerned yes and as we've mentioned on this podcast before the number of tests is very low in japan also very low yeah mm. so that is probably factoring uh factoring into the to the numbers mm. still given these low numbers the government decided to lift the state of emergency in the last remaining five prefectures in the past few Hooray. days. Hooray! So, Tokyo, Hokkaido, Kanagawa, Saitama, and Chiba as well, I think, was the final one, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have all had their state of emergency lifted, which means that there is 
No longer a state of emergency in Japan. Yeah, time to party hardy, man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> um, what what do you think? There, it was speculated in some of the newspapers that perhaps this was, you know, worries about the economy were a key sort of criteria or key reason behind the decision to lift the state of emergency. Somewhat early, perhaps after forty、uh, nine days, I think it lasted. However, the Prime Minister Abe said that this was not part of the criteria; that they didn't consider the economy when they. Oh、were. yeah, that's a load of shit right there. <laughs> Do you think? So you think that was? Yeah, I'll, although、mm. I, I'll, I'll I'll give them credit,、mm. they they held out I think for as long as they could. Yeah, yeah. But people are just been getting way antsy to,、mm. to get back in the swing of things. Yes. Yes. And get the economic activity ramp it back up. So they、yes. they they held out for as long as they could, I think. And、um, mm. I I think ideally they probably would have wanted to wait until maybe the end of the month. Yes. Well, from I, from a, a purely、mm. public health perspective, but they just they couldn't wait anymore. Yes, and it did appear until quite recently that it would last until the end of the month. Certainly yeah, in yeah. in the the main sort of urban areas, but another interesting thing about the timing is it appears that they waited a couple of weeks after Golden Week ended after the series of consecutive public holidays. I wonder if that was factored into their decision making. Yeah, that might have been because、mm. the it takes about two weeks, right? Yeah, like it's a lagging indicator. Exactly. Yeah. So they probably wanted to see what the spread was like during the first week of May. Yes. Yes. And so, come the third week of May, they they、mm. saw the results, and by and large, people were pretty good about staying home. Yes. Yes. And the the spread wasn't nearly as bad as it could have been. Yep. And yeah, I guess they felt pretty confident that it had been. More or less contained. Yes. And,、uh, decided to open things back up. Yeah. There has been, you know, obviously the coronavirus has had a huge,、um, very kind of、uh, negative impact on the economy. Obviously,、mm. there has been sort of discussion in the media that the economic impact is going to last for a lot longer. Potentially, it's going to be kind of more drawn out. It won't. Years. Yeah. Do you think there's something to that? You know. I, I, I really don't know.、Mm. People to, being to be hesitant to return to, you know, shopping and especially going to restaurants and things, crowded places in the same way that they were before. Yeah. Yeah. That's. I guess only time will tell. Yes, sir. Was that? I did read an article that said that、um, companies might、uh, sort of promote telework for their employees on a more permanent basis, which could have an impact on the economy as well. You know, if there's more people working from home, going out less, spending less money yeah, at convenience stores,、yeah. less money on com- commuting and things. That's true. That's true. Al- although、mm. the the flip side of that、mm. is maybe. Um, it'll improve productivity、mm. across the board. Yeah, that would be good. Quite needed in Japan. Yeah, yeah. I think Japan has one of the lowest 
product like GDP per not GDP per capita. What what's the term I'm looking like? Uh revenue per man hour or yeah some some statistic that basically for every hour that a person works how much revenue is generated mm -hmm. and japan it has one one of the lowest in the developed world yeah yeah it's quite astounding isn't it yeah just a lot of overtime mm. and not very much gets done yeah i mean people often especially in the west have this image of japan as a sort of high-tech place everyone's zooming around the reality and i think this is probably anyone who's lived and worked in japan will understand this but the reality is often like you know endless meetings faxing things here and there filling out bits yeah, of paper facts. literally stamping things not like physically st putting your stamp on things yeah yeah you know all these kind of tasks taking up lots and lots of time yeah, so basically uh busy work is the yeah the term i would use there's just a lot of doing something for the sake of doing it but with no like real objective yeah those statistics you were mentioning just then about productivity i don't think it will surprise anyone who's actually lived and worked here yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Was there anything else to say about coronavirus in particular? Um, no. I think that uh, about wraps it up. I guess. Okay. Um, so I just wanted to just quickly before we move on to our main stories, I just wanted to mention our old friend Hiromu Kurokawa, who we've talked about a few times on this podcast yeah, before. Yeah, he's, he's our boy. He's our boy, the head of the Tokyo High Public Prosecutor's Office, or the former head, I should say, as he resigned this past week in yep. a kind of spectacular uh, conclusion or epilogue. Yeah, to... he went out with a bang. <laughs> yes, sir. Well, we talked last week about the government introducing a bill against you know, public opposition to extend the retirement age of senior public prosecutors. They eventually decided, and that was seen as a, a sort of uh, retroactive justification for their um, cabinet decision to extend this this man's, uh, Hiromu Kurokawa's, his uh, yep. term of office past his 63rd birthday. They did eventually shelve that, that bill in the face of the uh, public opposition. But yeah. this guy, Hiromu Kurokawa, he, a big scandal emerged about him this week where he was basically revealed to have been gambling, playing mahjong for money, which is technically yeah. illegal in Japan. I mean, not super uncommon, especially among middle-aged men, I don't think. But yeah he was playing mahjong for money with reporters allegedly from asahi shimbun asahi newspaper and sanke shimbun mm. and as a when all this came out he received a warning from the justice ministry that's actually quite a sort of light form of punishment really considering he was the head of the Tokyo Public Prosecutor's Office, and yeah, I think I, I mean, mm. had it been like a like a rank and file person, yes, probably would have just gotten the axe straight up. Yes, apparently, apparently, the Prime Minister's Office 
sort of decided against harsher punishment for Kurokawa. Mm. He, for listeners that didn't listen last week, he is seen as a very close ally of the Abe administration. Yeah, yeah. They're good friends. Yes, sir. And after receiving this warning, he resigned on May 22nd. So he's and gone. And he got his full pay package, golden parachute. Yeah, yes, sir. About, uh, about half a million US. Yeah, thanks to the lighter form of punishment that he received. Yeah, because had he gotten a harsher punishment, it would have... I don't know if it would have mm. eliminated it, but it would have like cut down his... Yeah. His... Um, retirement yeah. bonus. And this puts him out of the running to become head of the Supreme Public Prosecutor's Office. And, you know, the it, it was speculated in the newspapers that the reason the government made the extraordinary decision to sort of extend his career past his uh, retirement, or past when he should have retired, was to set him up to take the position of head of the Supreme Public Prosecutor's Office. Right, right. So, you know, the fact that now that is no longer on the table kind of seems to, you know, it seems like the government has, you know, got a whole load of bad press, a whole load of negative coverage for nothing, really. Yeah, for nothing. Yeah, they gained nothing. This guy's caused them one big headache. Um. Yeah, I think this in combination with the public perception that they botched the whole COVID yes. thing. Yes. The uh, the approval rating for Abe has gone down substantially. Yes, it's it's the lowest his his administration's lowest approval rating ever, twenty nine percent according to the article mm-hmm. I read. Is it, I think it used to be in the forties or something like that. Yeah, it did dip down to the thirties around. I think it was in the low 30s around the time of the Moritomo land scandal, which we talked oh, about yeah. before mm. when all that came out in around 2017. But, right. But yeah, 29% is unprecedentedly low. But yeah, I guess we'll um, move on then. Yes, sir. Um, so I've got an article here. It's not current events per se, but I thought it was mm. interesting. So I. I'll uh, I'll share it. Okay. Um, if uh, if anyone's lived in a metro area in Japan, Tokyo in particular, or or even visited uh, and been on the train during rush hour, uh, you'll you'll know that it is pretty much a nightmare. It's very packed. People are jammed in there like sardines. Yes, sir. And the the government actually defines levels of congestion. Oh, do as, they? Uh, yeah, with percentages. So, on, on public transport? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's interesting. So, so I'll, I'll go through those because it's kind of interesting. Um, mm. So 100% congestion, or 100%, I guess, occupancy mm. is defined as all the seats are full. So it's mm. er, everyone's sitting and there's... A couple people standing, but it's it's sparse. Okay. So, so yeah. there's a good amount of space in between people. That's mm. 100%. Yeah, that's average, then, I would 100%. say, on the trains in yeah, Tokyo. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah. Mm. Uh, during, during, like, non-rush hours, probably pretty average. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so the next level is 150%. <sighs> okay. 
which is defined as standing room is a bit crowded, mm. but if you wanted to spread out a newspaper, mm, yeah, then you, you could. Okay. W without coming into contact with anyone. Yep. So then there's 200%. Oh, dear. And, and this is where it starts to get a bit dicey. Mm. This is where you will be in contact with other people. Like okay. your, your shoulders are going to be touching kind of thing. Mm. But if you want to read a magazine, mm. or I guess in modern times, if you want to dick around on your phone, <laughs> yeah, uh, that, that's, that's possible. Yeah. Right? There's enough space for you to pull out your phone and yeah, not text. Or, super uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. And then above that is 250. Mm. And I think this is probably rush hour. Mm. Um, but the 250 is basically your the people are packed in mm. so tightly that you you really can't move. Mm. Mm. Like you're just really packed in there. Yeah. And that's 250. And I think um I think Ferg you would probably agree that rush hour is mm. probably 250. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like, yeah, I mean, whenever I'm on a rush hour train, it's, yeah, I'm packed in there so hard that I can't even reach in my pocket to get out my phone Yes, a lot of times. Yes, I definitely agree with that. There's, yeah. there's definitely not enough space usually on rush hour in Tokyo to, to sort of even use your phone, is there really? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So with those definitions out of the way, mm. back in the 50s and 60s. Okay. So this is post-war Japan, mm. but explosive growth in the economy and the population. Mm. Things are things are looking up. The Showa period, as people yeah. refer to it. Here. Yeah, and everyone's got great jobs. They're working hard. Yep. Um, but unfortunately, the public transit was not up to snuff to support all these people moving about. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and during the 50s and 60s, the mm. congestion was in excess of 300%. Whoa, what does that mean? So 300% is when it, people are literally packed in there so hard mm. that, and some people may have heard, heard of this mm. or read about it, but they actually had the, the pushers. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the station, the employees of the train station, mm would literally have to, it would, they would have two or three guys per door yeah and they would shove people in mm. to pack more people on the train and back in this day there was no ac terrible and japanese japanese summers are very humid they're sweltering hot mm. not pleasant it, yeah and so then and, and then you got all these people packed into this train mm. So it was commonplace. It, they said on average, uh, one person a day would be hospitalized in Tokyo for fainting, basically having a heat stroke on the train. Yeah. And I um, wonder if that's one person a day. It might have been more in the summer months. Yeah, yeah. Could, yeah, if it was one then, person a day on average throughout yeah. the year, then yeah, during the summer might have been more. Yeah. I could certainly see that on... Uh, train that packed in the summer months without mm -hmm. air conditioning mm -hmm. it would be awful it's awful enough as it is but yeah uh, although an interesting mm. point that the article mm. brought up was that in some ways it was worse in the winter 
because people have more clothing on. Oh, interesting. Yeah. But the number of people commuting is still the same. Yeah, that's interesting. So it was even worse in some ways. In the yeah, winter. yeah. Um, and also another thing that happened was window glass mm. and doors would break somewhat uh, frequently. Just the sheer pressure of people. Yeah, just yeah, the sheer pressure of all these people crammed in there. Yeah. Would actually put cracks in the glass and, and break the doors. Yeah, and I guess they probably weren't as strong back then. Right, exactly. Yeah. It was well made. The, the, the quality of the glass and, and just the structural quality of the trains wasn't nearly as high as it is today yeah that's crazy and and then uh mm. one of the final things of note mm. was uh well kind of two prongs here but people would often lose their shoes oh, they would oh be packed yeah in there so hard yeah if your shoe comes off you can't Bend yeah, down you to can't get go it. back and get it. Yeah, because there's just this wave of people. Like you can't go back for it. So yeah. uh, the train stations mm. would rent out sandals mm. for people that had lost their shoes. Really? Yeah. So at least they could, you know, get to work and or get to the shoe store. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and also, people would lose mm. their lose their buttons. On their clothes. Yeah, when they rub up against people and then it just... Yeah, because it, of... it would get snagged on yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And there were shops in mm. the train stations that mm. actually specialized. Like, there were button shops, essentially. Oh, really? To... And, and there, there would be, like, a tailor there and he would give yeah. you your button back. He would sew it back on for you. There were that many people losing buttons. Yeah, it was it was so much of a common occurrence that there were actually shops that... Did yeah, in the train station. That's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. So, uh, so. And when did it start to get better? Do like was it still that bad going into the eighties, or did the infrastructure start to catch up at that point? Yeah, I think it, it says it was the worst in the fifties and sixties. So mm -hmm. presumably, once once you get into the seventies and eighties, mm. then just Japan as a country became more affluent. And they have more money to, to invest in infrastructure. So yeah. it got better. So, uh, yeah. So I guess it was really just in the 50s and 60s. It was growing so fast that mm -hmm, mm -hmm, yeah. the was, infrastructure uh, wasn't keeping up. Yeah, I would. I'm, yeah, I mean, I think it's bad now. But after mm. reading that, I was like, well, yeah, maybe we don't got it as bad as I thought. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It is. I mean, I spent many years commuting every day on the crowded trains, and it's very draining, isn't it? It is. It is. Yeah. Oof. Especially when uh, when you've been out drinking. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And you got to take like the last train out. Yeah. Yeah. And the, and everyone else who's been drinking is also taking the last train out. So yeah. it's crowded as hell. Yeah. And everyone just smells like reeks of cigarettes and alcohol and it's just a bad time all around. Oh, it's terrible. Yeah. Certainly. It's, but anyway, so yeah, that's a... Mm, just quickly, because you mentioned the pushes then. I think probably many people have seen them on internet videos and things. I don't yeah. think I've ever actually seen them in train stations in Japan or maybe I, I don't know, to be honest. I, I don't think I've ever ridden a train where there's been pushes have you 
Um, yeah, because I used to take the uh, the Psycho line, mm-hmm. which is a line that runs between Saitama mm-hmm. and Tokyo. And Saitama is, what's it called? Uh, like a bedroom prefecture, I guess. Uh, a commuter town kind of yeah, place. Com- yeah, commuter area. Yeah, mm-hmm. so a lot of people live in Saitama, but they work in Tokyo. Mm-hmm. And I, I believe it, it is, I don't think it's the most congested, but it's one of the most congested lines in, mm-hmm. in the country. Mm-hmm. And there were, yeah, there were pushers mm-hmm. um, in the morning. But th- there there was maybe one pusher for every two or three cars. And he only pushed yeah. people when, uh, yeah, when on rare occasion. Yeah. yeah, or like if your bag is kind of... Yeah, out. yeah. It seemed to be yeah. mostly, yeah, people, like their bags or their umbrellas would get caught in the yeah. door and he would yeah. run over and push it back in kind of thing. Just quickly as well, before we move on to the next story, have you seen that movie? Um, I just didn't do it. Or I think it's... Sorry, no, I didn't no, book I out tonight. Yeah, because mm. I think you mentioned that on the podcast. Oh, did I? <laughs> I already <laughs> Real Japan listeners are probably getting bored of hearing about it. No, but I think it was early in season one. So okay. it was back when we were still trying to find our footing. Back in the early days. But yeah, that's yeah. a very interesting story about the, the Japanese criminal justice system. But basically a man is on a crowded train and he gets kind of pushed in. And then he's, you know, as a result of the train being so crowded, he, he is accused of being like a, a groper, a chikam. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I do recommend that to anyone who hasn't seen it. Yep. Okay, well, I guess we'll uh, move on to whatever you got for us. Yes, sir. So the article I wanted to talk about today is um, an article that references an apparent increase in teen pregnancies in Japan in the past few months. Uh, oh boy yes sir so basically in march and april during the period when they've you know closed schools teens are sort of on lockdown or not on lockdown but basically stuck at home with nothing much to do this might they do themselves for each other (laughs) yes sir this might have um resulted in an increase in teen pregnancies this is according to a number of different reports from basically these kind of organizations that uh, offer advice and support to to women that are, you know, going through this. Mm-hmm. There was um, one in Gumma, Gumma Ninshin SOS, that said questions from girls aged or women or young women aged between 15 and 17. They usually have around uh, two to three of those questions per month, but... Mm. As of the 20th of this month, they had already received nine such inquiries. Wow. Similar story from, you know, a similar kind of organization in Kobe called Little Life Door or something like that. That's a rough approximation of the name. Mm-hmm. Um, they went from around 10 cases per month to 100 over March Whoa. and April. And, you know, a similar story in, in, in these kind of organizations across the country. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, one sort of potential cause that was referenced in the articles I read said that 
you know, like I mentioned, the uh, teens are sort of staying at home because school has been closed as a result of the coronavirus. And their parents might still be out at work because the, you know, it's a lot more like more schools have closed, whereas companies, it's a lot more like here and there. Some companies are closing and other companies are, are still carrying on working or some workers are still going in and others are doing teleworking. So, mm-hmm. you know, the teens are taking advantage of this to invite their boyfriends and girlfriends <laughs> over and then getting up to some naughty business. Oh, boy. Uh, apparently each year there is usually an increase in cases after the summer and winter holidays, so it could be kind of related mm. to that. Oh, not related, sorry, but, you know, in the same, in the same, same way. Right, 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 right. Uh, there, there could also uh, an interesting sort of point that I read could be that, uh, you know, the coronavirus, this whole pandemic, is resulting in um, like extra stress and worry for teens, and that they're looking for that companionship, mm. and that that's causing these accidental pregnancies. What do you think about that? Yeah, I could, I could definitely see that. Yeah, or or oh, here's an interesting one. Uh, another possibility that I saw referenced was that particularly for young women um, you know al- alongside the closing of the schools uh, part-time jobs the places where they had part-time jobs have also closed in many cases you oh, know restaurants yeah. shops and things and as a result there's a worry that some of these teens are turning to compensated dating or angel corsi as it's known here um right 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 basically basically they're prostituting themselves yes exactly yes yeah i mean yes technically kind of going on dates with well usually with older men but Mm. as you say i mean yeah what it boils down to is prostituting themselves there is um the situation around sort of teen pregnancies in japan is quite interesting in japan uh well the situation around teen pregnancies in general is interesting here because um they from what i understand from reading i don't know about this in detail but it seems as though sex education in schools in japan is not very thorough i guess you might say yeah that's what i've heard as well yeah yeah it did um it quoted a director of one of these NGOs in Tokyo in one of the articles I read, and she basically said something along those lines that, you know, teens might have a lot of misinformation Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, about sex and about contraception, and that leads to these accidental pregnancies. And also it's kind of... It's strange, isn't it? Because in some ways, you know, Japan doesn't have like a kind of Christian culture, but on the other hand, it's kind right. of a little bit repressed. And I don't, I can't imagine that Japanese teens talk about these things openly, even with their families. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, well, one thing as mm. well um, regarding just education and mm. feelings toward contraception. Um, mm. This is something, and this is anecdotal, but. Mm. 
people that I've talked to over the years, Mm. uh, women in particular, have this very negative view on birth control, like pills. Yes, yes. Yeah, that is another interesting point. Yeah. And I don't, I don't understand where that comes from. Like they, yeah. I th- I think part of it is hmm. if o- over here uh, the society's view toward women who are on the pill, hmm. it, it's it seems to be oh well she must be very promiscuous if she's on the pill. Yeah. Yes. Like there's this really negative view of being on the pill. Yes. And and also there there seems to be this. Um, mistaken worry about complications yes being on the pill yes and 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 certainly you know some women have a tough time with the pill and it's not for Mm. everyone but yes by and large it is not that like the the benefits far outweigh any any of the uh the negative aspects of it yes yes um yeah, that's just one thing I've I've definitely noticed is that the birth control pill is viewed very negatively over here. Yes, one thing uh, I did read. Um, I'm I'm not sure. I suppose it would have been in the 70s or 80s when the pill was first becoming widespread. Mm-hmm. Is that there was a lot of pressure against uh, making it widespread in Japan uh, because of the fear that it would lead to the spread of you know, sexually transmitted diseases. Mm, right, right, right. And I mean, to be fair, Japan does have a very low rate of AIDS. But, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, but I do agree. There seems to be a lot of misinformation about the pill and it. it's not very widespread here at all, is it? The No, yeah. Uh, I mean, comparatively, condoms sort of account, condoms are by far the most popular sort of contraceptive method. Yeah, certainly, certainly, yeah. Um, and as I said, I don't think it's a subject that is particularly talked about openly, despite yeah, the that, fact... that's the other problem too. Mm. Is people just don't talk about it. Yes, but however, we have to give Japan its credit because, despite this potential recent upspike, um, it does seem that the birth rate, the teenage, uh, the the rate of teenage pregnancy, or the birth rate for women in their teens is very Mm. low in Japan, it seems. It's interesting. According Mm. to the UN statistics on good old Wikipedia, Mm. uh, it's about five per 1,000 women, or it was about five per 1,000 women, between around 2005 to 2010, the most recent they have on Wikipedia. Okay. And that, at that time, that was very low, even among developed countries. The, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. For reference, South Korea had one of the lowest, perhaps the lowest among developed countries at 2.3. The UK, yeah. which is pretty high even in Europe, was 29.6 at that okay, time. So about six times Japan. Exactly. I believe it has been decreased subsequently as a result of government efforts, but... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the USA was one of the highest among developed countries at around 41.2% at that time. Although, uh, similar to the UK, it seems that it's decreasing in the US. Um, uh, But these statistics, Mm. are they... uh, Mm. This is for the number of of births? 
Yeah, so this is the mm. rate of birth per 1,000 women aged between 15 to 19. I, I think mm. to get a, a bigger picture, uh, to get a more complete picture, you probably also have to look at uh, rates of abortion. Yes, yes. Because abortion is very yes. commonplace in Japan, I think. Yes, yes. Based on what I've, I've read and heard. Like, it's people... It's it's almost like it's not even that big a deal. Yes, yes, I, I yes, I agree with that as well. I think that could certainly be factoring in. Yeah. The um, I think another potential reason. I don't know what what do you think about this, but I was thinking about this. Is well, I think that the two other reasons sprang to mind. One is that I think there's. As we've talked about before, if, I think Japanese society as a whole is more equal than society, you know, that I've seen in the UK. Yeah. And I believe compared with the US as well, less, there is poverty in Japan, but it doesn't tend to be as extreme as in the UK and the US. Yeah, certainly, yeah. I think maybe that contributes positively to the low birth rate, but also as well, what do you think about this? I think the dating culture in Japan is a little bit different. I think some people approach dating in a far less casual manner than they do in, well, certainly in the UK, I think, and probably in the US. In terms of, I remember doing, going on exchange to Japanese universities, and it mm -hmm. would not be uncommon to meet young people my own age who, you know, they were normal young people, not very unattractive or anything and they would have never have had a boyfriend or girlfriend you know yeah yeah which would be quite uncommon in the uk once you're in university i think what do, or do you, what do you think about that do you think there's anything to that or do you think that's just uh you know sort of empty speculation i guess i i don't know mm. um I, I I feel like, well, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's kind of, that's a tough one. Yeah. I, I, I get the feeling that Japanese people are, like, if you're dating someone, then it's almost like you're engaged. Yeah, yeah. Like it's, it's very, like, there's there's no casual dating almost. Yeah, it's not really the idea that we have in the West of just kind of seeing each other, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like every relationship is a, a steady relationship. I yeah, guess, as as we would call them. Yeah. And but but then on the flip side, I I feel like there is they're very um, I don't know if they're promiscuous necessarily, but. Like sleeping with someone is, yeah, not that big a deal almost. Y yes, yes, that's a strange thing, isn't it? Yeah, I feel like in the West we place, like, even if you're not like dating, dating, like mm. you sleep with someone, then there's, you know, there's a certain bit of gravity to that. Yes. Whereas over here, it's, it's kind of flipped on its head, where. If you sleep with someone, it's not that big a deal. But if you're dating, then it's like, oh, 
Yeah, that's a good way of putting it, I would say, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of a weird, uh, just just different way of looking at things, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But, well, anyway, it will be interesting if the reports of these organizations saying that they're receiving more inquiries about teen pregnancies, if they are reflected in statistics when eventually those are released. Yeah. If we yeah, see yeah. a little spike in... In in babies in Japan in yeah, nine months' time. Well, the country could certainly use uh, more youngins. Certainly could, eh? The low birth yeah. rate is a major problem here. Mm-hmm. But uh, okay, well, with that being said, I guess we'll uh, might call it a wrap then. Yes, sir. Okay, so yeah, as always, you can find us posting tasteful pictures on instagram our username is real japan guys you can also find us on twitter at real japan guys you can check out our website at thereal.jp or email us at mail at thereal.jp with um yeah email us about anything if you want us to cover a certain topic or you think we're idiots or whatever just uh yeah get in touch yes sir and find the podcast on spotify apple podcasts or google podcasts or you can also listen to it directly on the website yes sir and with that being said we will see y'all again next week goodbye listeners bye bye